0: In just a moment, it's going to be time for news with my dad. We'll be talking about a bunch of things. A little bit later, we will have a good doctor from Arizona State University to talk about tipping points in the context of climate change, Black Lives Matter, COVID-19, etc. We'll also talk to Tim Marcroft, our chief international correspondent. You can always tweet us if you want, at x You can use the hashtag if you want. Why don't we start the show? Now time news with my dad a short talk with the news with my dad and on the line playing the role of my dad is in fact my dad the star of our show joe smith pop how you doing
1: well i'm feeling impatient because i got a lot of news to talk about
0: Pop, I do want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. People who love you want to know how goes the knee. You told me last week that the knee was still hurting. I mean, you you cracked a rib, and you said, I, don't, I said, "You see a doctor?" Because you fell, right? And did you see a doctor? I said, well, "What are a doctor going to tell me?" They're just going to tell me to wait. And I, I can't do anything for the rib. I said, well, "What about the knee?" They physical therapy can help with the knee, maybe not a rib, but certainly with the knee. He said, "Well, if it hurts Monday." I'll go see a doctor. So, what is the verdict on the knee? Is it hurting?
1: I, I am. I am planning on calling the knee doctor today.
0: Now, when you say knee doctor, is that I, I want to know more about a knee? What is a knee doctor? A knee doctor
1: is somebody who specializes in knees. Well, I get that,
0: but is that is it like a physical therapist or is it like a no, surgeon?
1: No, 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 It's a it's a it's a full full board physician.
0: I, I, highly, I highly appreciate the physical therapy For what it's worth Now it is time for News with My Dad This is a show we talk about the news We try to talk about the important stuff Sometimes we talk about the unimportant stuff When it's unimportant we try to say So we take turns Dad typically takes the first turn Pop, do you have a shout out?
1: I do have a shout out And it's kind of an unusual shout out Because uh, in the anticipation Hopefully we open, I love that music I am shouting out this morning For Adriana Williams And Callie Evans, who are teachers at Monroe Comprehensive High in Albany, Georgia, who recognized that getting kids to be willing to participate in online learning because of the COVID, where they have to, instead of going to class, have to get in front of a computer, created a marvelous rap with students dancing in the background about how fun it could be to do it online, which I think is just wonderful, and if by any stretch of the imagination, Ms. Williams or Miss Evans or both of them are listening right this minute, we would love to hear from them by a, by a text, the text number being 971 220 5979 or if you wanted to just take give us a couple of minutes to discuss with you I haven't cleared this with the the station management and that right now they're going to be looking shocked but anyway you could call us at 503 963 4250 but whether you text us or call us compliments to what you are doing and what you have done. It was really fun to watch.
0: Well, Dad, the number one story that we should talk about is both a local and a national story. But
1: but, uh, there are a couple of passing that I've got to acknowledge. I want to acknowledge the passing of Jenny Nielsen, who was one of the co-founders of Sisters of the Road, uh, this restaurant in Portland that catered, provides cheap meals for for people down down on their luck, she's gone at age 68. She made a marvelous contribution. And I also want to acknowledge the passing of two rhesus monkeys at OHSU at age 12 and 18 because there was a screw-up by the staff, which is kind of sad. Okay, now go ahead to your right. we got to talk about the Portland shooting.
0: There. Uh... The man who who died is no, now known to be Aaron Danielson, or at least identified the police as Aaron Danielson, a supporter of the Patriot Prayer, the right-wing group. Uh, I don't yet have the information regarding the suspect. Well, there's been a bunch tweeted about the potential uh, about the potential identity, but I haven't heard that uh, from an official. I've channel. got
1: that information. Uh,
0: the We should start, though, with the run-up to this, Pop, that started out with a... A a Trump rally, a car rally. By the way, I have something to say about Rush Limbaugh in a minute, minute, but um, I listen to Rush Limbaugh's podcast. It's two minutes long. One minute literally is ads. Sometimes it's three minutes long. And if it's that long, it's usually a minute and a half or two minutes are ads. And then you get like one minute of a rant from Rush Limbaugh. Today it was about SUVs. He talked about how The Guardian was, uh, how The Guardian newspaper has reported that SUVs are the number two uh, impact uh, mechanism on climate change and on pollution in the world. It would be the seventh big, if, if SUV drivers were the biggest, uh, were their own country, they'd be the seventh biggest polluting nation in the world. And he said, and then he, then his point was, go drive your SUVs because it makes liberals mad. I could, really couldn't believe it. It was a, like, it's a window to another world. But anyway, people got in their SUVs, people got in their trucks, people got in their cars. They had a car rally at Clackamas Town Center. And they, uh, in in opposition to the protests and in support of Donald Trump, they ended up downtown. And a man and, they,
1: and they and they came with guns loaded with rubber bullets and with paint guns. Uh,
0: and of course, paintball guns can't always be distinguished. You know, from somebody who uses a lot of firearms, you might be able to, but from a distance. Can be very hard to distinguish a paintball gun from a real gun. You said you now do have the uh, uh, you you do have the information on the identity of the shooter of the killer.
1: Well, Aaron da- Aaron Danielson is the is the victim, is yeah. the, the uh, Patriot Prayer boy who got shot, and not I am not prepared to say that this is the man who did it, but the person of interest that is being sought is Michael Forrest. Rainol, I'm guessing how to pronounce his name, uh, spelled R-E-I-N-O-E-H-L, who calls himself an anti-fascist fascist, and has posted videos and photos of demonstrations that he's attended for the last couple of months Is uh, and previously was identified as having carried a gun down to a demonstration. Uh, he's... Uh, was raised in Sandy, and he recently has lived in Northeast Portland. Gresham, anyway, there I don't know if they have found him yet, but they're they're looking for him as potentially the shooter.
0: Well, Bob, you and I have had an ongoing discussion, and I hope we can be united on this. Uh, and generally, the beats of that discussion that listeners have heard uh, is that, as you will say, something like, "Folks, these protests need to be peaceful." Uh, and, uh, and you will offer your concern about, uh, about vandalism or some other, some other uh, act of something well short of, of fatal violence. Uh, and I will say something like, let us, uh, let us make sure that in any sentence, hopefully the first sentence we'll be uttering, is how do we make sure that we bend our history towards justice, how do we make sure that we uh, support black lives, how do we make sure that we have law enforcement systems that are uh, that are just and that yield safety and that yield de-escalation. Uh, this, of course, is the worst case scenario uh, other than I guess more people dying. Uh, multiple reporters have said uh, that they thought, and I think somebody at the to even tweeted it that the only way this these set of protests might end is with somebody dying. But Dad, this feels like the worst case scenario where now there is uh now there is somebody that the uh, there's an incident the right wing will uh, use to try to organize further obviously what are your what are your reflections and I hope your reflections will include in the earlier portion the greatest moral challenge that we are facing not only the challenge of how protesters protest or what they might do wrong in their protest
1: we need to constantly Remember and be reminded that what this is all about is that 155 years after the end of the Civil War, we still have not succeeded in giving people whose ancestors came from Africa and to a certain extent also whose ancestors came from from the Iberian Peninsula or from South America, a full and equal opportunity to participate in what America has to offer. And that's what the protests started out, and that's what most of the protests of the people who are walking, the vast majority of the people who are walking, are walking for and who are shouting are shouting for, and who are carrying signs are carrying signs for. But there is a small minority of folks, the vast majority of whom are young and white, who see this as an opportunity to either loot or to vent the rage that they have, perhaps because they feel they don't have a great deal of control over their own lives, and therefore want to break things, and hurt things and even hurt people and somehow we've got to separate distinguish those and the vast majority need to help really do need to help I would urge and I I really would I would urge anybody who is still marching for the right reasons if you see somebody breaking windows if you see somebody doing something that obviously is breaking the law not to call attention to a bad law, but just to vent whatever pleasure that person is getting. Take their picture. Note where it happened. Remember the time. And be prepared to share that information with law enforcement because those people have got to be separated. They've got to be prosecuted. They've got to be punished. And we've got to make it clear that that is not what the first amendment is all about
0: that here is uh, one of one of our intrepid listeners and a dear friend of the station and someone who um has been for whom your words have very much resonated okay uh and this came in from karen as i'm very uh, concerned about what is happening in our city uh, the shooting death last night, of course this was yesterday that she sent it to me, increased the concern. I know other cities are having the same problems as we are. I don't see leadership what to do to reduce the tension and address the problems. I think it would be helpful if past and current political and civic leaders, the leaders of Black Lives Matter, the police and main players met, discussed, and came up with a plan to decrease the tension and clarify what is actually going on. A concern concerned the violence uh, will detract from the Black Lives Matter movement and message, excuse me, and will use justification to impose the law and order policies of the Trump campaign and the Trump administration. I worry if violence continues, it will help Trump win the election. The focus of the violence in the city is a significant distraction from the problems of the COVID pandemic and voter disenfranchisement. interested in your thoughts, et cetera. So I think she inca- has encapsulated, Dad, your argument pretty well and the concern pretty well. Uh, and and I will again say my, my first piece, because it is... Uh, that each time that, that we also have a chance to weigh in on what is top of people's mind, and it is on the chance of any of our social media feeds. it's on it's the responsibility to me with anybody that has some version of a microphone to first identify the biggest moral problem. and then and then we can address the tertiary moral problem. But if we pile on first to the tertiary one, then we just feed into, we just feed into the uh, make it easier for the message that we heard at the Republican National Convention where Donald Trump was rallying was has been really for years. And let's be let's be clear. The, the current president of the United States has been inciting his followers to violence since he ran for president. He has been doing it for four years. He has been inciting violence for four years. He has been saying, uh, oh, look, people used to be tougher on protesters. Go ahead, be tough on them. He has been saying he has been ginning people up to bolster their willingness to uh, to inflict violence for years, and where and one of the great wisdoms, of course, of Mahatma Gandhi and of of Martin Luther King was recognizing that peaceful protest makes it harder to uh, makes it harder to justify, and you can you win the visual argument, you can win the video argument if. A peaceful protester ends up getting sprayed down if a peaceful protester ends up getting beaten by by british police that you can win the moral argument if you are part of the fight and it just and then whoever is in power is just saying oh i'm just well the reason i am uh, imposing more vastly more physical force is just because well these people are fighting and i got to stop them fighting and of course Uh, There are provocateurs. There are. We know that there's so many of the social media feeds. So many. such a huge portion, a huge percentage of Twitter feeds, a huge percentage of political Facebook groups are started by and or manipulated by actors who are not who they say they are, who don't have the beliefs they say they do and who help gin up the worst impulses and instincts of people within those groups who will say, Oh yeah, I, I agree with you. And that's why we have to do something really bad. This has been happening since COINTELPRO. It's been happening since the weatherman. It has been happening for decades and movements have to be smart. And dad had said weeks ago, the thing you were saying that I, I do think that we are at a time and it's so tricky because now people say, well, stay home for the protest, stay home for the protest. Uh, what has kept some of the protests more safe is when there are larger numbers of peaceful people. But I think what we have to do is try to empower, try to follow uh, black leadership, and BIPOC leadership in the in the protest movements. Uh, and yeah, Dad, we have to ensure that these things uh, are safe because it's not only that the acts of well-meaning protesters might, it's not even primarily, might play into the hands of ne'er-do-wells. It is ne'er-do-wells are helping to manipulate the acts of people who wouldn't otherwise do well.
1: And underlining what you have said that DDT has been doing for the last four years is that yesterday morning, in less than three and a half hours, he sent 89, count them, 89 tweets many of which were aimed at Ted Wheeler, our mayor, and at Portland, and the rest of them aimed at the whole issue. And, and he is he is at the same time condemning what is happening here, is supporting and is retweeting messages, supporting the kid who went to Kenosha with a... a, a A semi-automatic assault rifle and killed people. He is he is praising their supporters. The Christian Give Send Go organization, which calls itself the biggest Christian money-raising operation in the country, has already raised nearly, and may have raised, two hundred thousand dollars to support. Kyle Rittenhouse, that kid who committed the killings in Kenosha, and yesterday's midday news was absolutely dominated. I mean, CNN, for for example, carried live the entire press conference that Mayor Wheeler and our police chief had and, and recited what was going back and forth. Trump was watching and Trump was tweeting during it. This guy is fantastic, is incredible. Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani at the RNC convention last week said what a wonderful work ethic DDT has. Yes, his work ethic Sunday was getting up and spending three and a half hours sending 89 tweets, then going out and playing golf, then coming back and sending 19 more tweets and, in the, and also watching on television after his golf g- game watching the press conference in Portland so he could live in during that tweet condemnations of Ted Wheeler. And then, and then Wheeler had absolutely a chance to respond. no recognition yeah. of his responsibility that he needs to be saying, hey folks, it's time for us all to cool it. My supporters, you got to cool it. No, no, he's praising these guys, saying, yes, I understand, of course, go for it.
0: Mayor Wheeler did hold a press conference in response. We do have a clip of that uh, press conference. Why don't we play it? And now you're attacking Democratic mayors and the very institutions of democracy that have served this nation well since its founding. Do you seriously wonder, Mr. President, why this is the first time in decades that America has seen this level of violence? It's you who have created the hate and the division. It is that line, without trying to weigh in on the mayor's race at this very moment, it is that line that I think is, um, is so important to take away. That if the president is reelected if he tries to use the nixon strategy of the silent majority and oh you see these hippie protesters you don't want to be like them you want your streets to look like they did in 1959 rather than what they looked like or let's say 58 instead of 1968 then keep me in power because i will quell this rebellion that is the uh, almost page for page the donald trump rhetorical strategy.
1: And let let us note that it worked for Nixon.
0: If that is not going to be successful, I think there are going to have to be multiple things that happen. And one of those things is to recognize and for the American people to recognize, let's be clear about the context of these protests. They are in the context of this president. They are because, in significant part, of this president. That this president has been inciting violence for years and years and years, and now we are seeing violence in our streets. And the way to stop the violence in our streets, the way, to make sure we have greater peace in Portland and elsewhere. The way includes, yes, making sure that there are tangible things done to make sure that black lives, in fact, matter in the law as well as in people's hearts, and also that there is a change in the presidency of the United States that, in fact, action to bend the arc of history towards justice in our democracy and in the who wields power is going to be the way to make our streets safer and therefore let's not put merely the blame on protesters let us point it where it lands with which includes and i would say even principally includes the current occupant of the white house Uh, we had a question with the murders occurring during demonstrations in kenosha last week Uh, is it possible that death could become more common in protest this is our great fear right this is our great fear our great fear is that this will be and we've already seen we've already seen the poll numbers for black lives matter get worse particularly getting worse among republicans we're seeing the bots who've kicked up their anti-energy we've seen the uh, fox news starting to step up oh see well black lives black lives i, I got a one of my right-wing cousins one of my right-wing cousins posted the thing was like oh Well, Black Lives Matter has received... They've spent a billion dollars and they haven't done anything to help black families. Black Lives Matter is not an organization. It is not a corporation.
1: Did did you by chance see see the message that I sent her? You
0: called me out. You called me out, Dad. You sent a message... To my cousin, and I try. I recognize that once you criticize someone's political identity, it just locks it in further. So I try to be a little, you know. I I, I listen to Brain Coach Brad about that, and you went ahead in the email. You said, "Jeff tells me you've bought in with the right wing. Like that's like she's never going to trust me again. What are you doing?" What do
1: you mean when she when she sends when she sends the message out over the airwaves? That's public. But but, I just, I, but I my point, message, I but what I said I just, to you in the pointed, kitchen about
0: just, her wasn't public.
1: I, I just pointed out to her that there is no legal entity called Black Lives Matter. No, but you didn't just say that. You
0: called on me as a tattletale. Any money? I I did not go to you as as a as a reporting authority. I wasn't trying. I I wasn't trying to tattletale. I was trying to commiserate. You're listening to Xray FM KXY Portland KQACHD three Portland. 107.1, 91.1 FM. Now, my cousin Andrew is not going to like me. He probably didn't know already, but now she definitely isn't going to like me. Streaming online everywhere at x I guess that's what's going to happen. But I am deeply worried that, and, and this is the thing, right? This is the thing. We know that Putin wanted this kind of stuff in the Ukraine. We know that, uh, that he wanted to have Uh, mildly violent not truly dangerous for too many people but he wanted some people to get injured maybe a couple people to die he wanted that so that he could go in and justify publicly massive use of force okay and that is what we are worried about now we want to root for peaceful protests we want to root for particularly protests that have objectives towards change and right now the greatest protest is in fact impacting who is in power uh, there was a march on Washington on August twenty-eighth. The event titled "Get Off Our Necks" was announced by Reverend Al Sharpton at George Floyd's funeral. Multiple fo- had multiple friends who attended. Uh, Loretta Smith, recently a candidate for city council, attended. Anthony Blake, Grant High School, nineteen ninety-one, attended. Uh, we, by the way, got a we got a a text in. Uh, in any reflections pop you attended the uh, you attended the original march on washington you uh, were on the mall in washington dc when martin luther king gave the i have a dream speech any reflections on the new march on washington and i'm hope we can put more attention on this kind of protest and by that i mean black led focused on justice peaceful protesting Any reflections on that on this march on washington or heck the original. I,
1: I seriously considered going myself because because that I was there, and, and I suspect that there were not a whole lot of people day before yesterday who were also present back in 50 in uh, 67. No, 50, what was it? 50, 60, 63. In 63, when when we were there, it. Uh, the, the the as as I have said before, I think I may have even have said on this station before. The the biggest takeaway that I had from that day was not what I heard from the podium, even the wonderful speech by Dr. King. It was the feeling I got from the almost exclusively black faces, people whose descendants came, through, whose ancestors came from from Africa or that I was surrounded by, who accepted me, <coughs> who really appeared to welcome me, who didn't get do anything to make me feel like I was an outsider, and it was really interesting because I had decided that morning that I really shouldn't go, you know, I'm just a white guy, what would I do it? But as I sat in my office up on Capitol Hill, sat at my desk, I just felt this pull, you've got to be there. And so I got out and walked down. So I got there a little after it had started. But but I, I had a feeling that I was a part, that I was being accepted as a part of something that was really, really meaningful and really, really important. And it's just meant a whole lot to me ever since.
0: We've got a couple of texts in. Uh, one, I agree with the previous texture, The street riots are Trump's shiny object. No one is discussing health care, COVID, and the future of Social Security, the post office voting rights, the end of environmental protection, the reduction of consumer protection. I want to say that list again. Health care, global pandemic, the future of Social Security, which has been under threat and under attack, the post office, which has been attempted to defund, voting rights being eviscerated, The end of environmental protection just gutted regulation after regulation and the reduction of consumer protection. We need to get the Black Lives Matter issues into the Portland City Council system with a strong coalition. We need to get out of the streets now or we will lose the presidential election. That is that text. Here's another one. Here's a longer one. Let's not forget the armed men took that armed men took over the federal lands in a standoff with law enforcement in Malheur County, and apart from the shooting death of an armed man who charged law enforcement in that situation, those domestic terrorists ended up with not only their lives but eventual pardons. Prior to the shooting the other day, protesters against racism were being violently arrested, had tear gas sprayed on them, despite largely marching with no violence or weapons. I by no means support graffiti and vandalism. The idea that people should be punished for destroying federal property, yet those who were in a standoff weren't treated with the same level of physical violence from law enforcement leaves me feeling exasperated. Let me pause here. I totally share it. This stuff is not symmetrical. It ain't fair. I'm totally with you. I'm going to keep reading. As a person of color, and perhaps more frustrated by the violence and vandalism than many white Folks in the suburbs watching TV, I'm more frustrated by the sentiment that we as a whole have to continue to atone for it. The actions of people who are not part of our movement. Let's keep Black Lives Matter at the front of the discussion. Let's remember that good intentions, folks on our side, can sometimes have the opposite effect talking about the perils of graffiti before the perils of racism. Let's remember that armed domestic terrorists took over federal property with no problem while peaceful protesters are being tear gassed. Can we please avoid getting sucked into this debate? Let's not talk about Black Lives Matter violence because that doesn't exist. Amen. Preach. Appreciate the text. If you have a text that you want to send in, the text line is 971-220-5979. 971-220-5979. Appreciate the engagement and the wisdom. Uh, I'm really grateful that we're having a chance to have this conversation, recognize that this conversation needs to be happening in many places, and I don't pretend to be the leader of any of that, but to the extent we can facilitate and amplify, we will certainly do our best. And trying to put, again, we have agency over where we try to put the focus, and we can put that focus in some places. Dad, let me put the focus in one place, and that is right now, I think the website is being launched tomorrow. There is a campaign locally for uh, for independent police review, truly independent. By that, I mean uh, not not run by the police department, not internal affairs, but essentially external affairs, uh, somewhat similar to the what the California Senate just passed. They, California Senate just passed a proposal that requires an independent investigation any time an unarmed civilian is killed by a police officer. This would be different than that. It would be independent police review uh, I think the uh, realpoliceaccountability.com is going to be the website that's getting launched tomorrow. That's breaking a little bit of news. Uh, that was the proposal that Joanne Hardesty put through the city council. There are positive things, there are constructive uh there, there are constructive proposals that people can engage in and that we can put the focus there locally uh, and and appreciate appreciate those appreciate those texts at any response any response to that. I forgive the clumsy question.
1: Absolutely needed. Absolutely needed. There needs to be there needs to be a body with which I believe should have representation from the police on that body so that, so that their views, their knowledge and wisdom can be heard and also their voice can be heard. But but has to have the ability, independent of the police department, to investigate to insist upon testimony to insist upon getting documents and and, and with the power to to discipline it just just has to happen
0: here's a question this is a good question the, the speeches and this was talking about the march on washington featured a lot of rhetoric around police reform which is different from the conversations happening amongst protesters who want total police abolition does this divide amongst activists prevent major changes from occurring so first of all, not only yes, but heck yes. If there is not an effort to try to build a, I would call it a supermajority coalition for transforming public safety, you can call it whatever you want, for transforming public safety. If instead you got you know a small percentage are working for one thing and a small percentage, it's going to be hard to win a majority for anything other than the status quo. So I, I think that's that's not my opinion. That's a math problem. The uh, here is a dynamic that we need to be really aware of, all of us. And one of the reasons why I appreciate the power of the human voice, and I appreciate actually being able to talk on the radio and not only through tweets and Facebook posts, is you can hear us, and you can recognize we are actually human beings and not robots. I think that stuff actually matters, because make no mistake, lots and lots and lots of bots out there. Even we set off, uh, even if we set aside the bots, here's one of the real challenging dynamics about to drop what the kids call a truth bomb, or maybe they called that six years ago. Who knows? I've never, the kids don't tell me exactly. I find out later. The, uh, one of the big challenges right now is the, it just in terms of messaging, right? This message of police reform versus police abolition. In terms of messaging, the messages that work in democracy, the things that are likely to get not only 50% plus one, but a big enough majority to stick, to last, to be a political consensus, not an actual consensus, but a political consensus for long enough to make a real difference. Those messages tend to be uh, different from, and almost, uh, and almost reverse correlated with the message that get messages that get lots of retweets and the messages that look really good in spray paint. That if you say if you say let us make let us make significant change let us significantly transform our public safety system, they oh, yeah, say okay that sounds good. But they don't feel they need to start mashing their like button or mashing their retweet button. No, that sounds reasonable. Sure, I'll nod my head at what sounds reasonable. If you say something that sounds really provocative, yeah. somebody is going to ma- mash their hate button there. Since there isn't that, the people who like it are going to mash their like button and or they're going to retweet it and or they're going to respond to it it's going to create engagement and therefore this is why as we know the social media debate culture particularly when fueled by bots yields greater division rather than greater consensus it also can get us into rhetorical traps i will tell i will say if the if the black lives matter movement actually if the black-led protest uh, efforts are making a particular pitch that's where i'm following that's what i'm listening to i'm listening to that more than a tweet i'm listening to that more than something in spray paint what i'm listening to are the movements that are actually trying to make change and the movements who are actually trying to defend their lives and i hope that's who you will listen to too <laughs> we'll actually make sure that the lives matter and it isn't just an excuse so we can you know mash our retweet button
1: and and before we move on, I just want to mention before, because we've talked about the mayor and, and his war of words with DDT. He also met with the, the with the Portland Business Association the other day, saying that he's going to revitalize downtown. I'm I'm hoping he's able to pull that off if he's reelected. Ned, uh, I
0: got I got I got to stick on this just for a moment because I didn't finish this this piece. Uh and and back to that and therefore I don't think we should be engaged in back in the day my line was not left right before it and and to be clear and then you know I know presidential candidates started using that Uh, and and that did not mean somewhere in the middle that's that's still not what I mean that means actually trying to be solutions oriented and so when I see particularly among uh, progressive uh, coalitions self-described or otherwise when I see a significant rhetorical divide different language Uh, and or significantly different proposals. What I try to do is find something that is not merely picking betwixt them. And I would look for language that was less provocative, which includes, so what I I think is we have to transform public safety systems, by the way. And I think we have to transform public safety. We needed to transform them before three weeks ago. We needed to transform them before five months ago. We need to transform public safety systems. That is not merely, we don't do that merely through, and, and I think that will significantly transform budgets significantly transform habits, to significantly transform uniforms. Significantly transform the police department and the fire department. Significantly transform that stuff, and we didn't just know that a few months ago. We've known that for a long time. And I actually believe that that is a supermajority message. If you actually have that conversation, and you don't just make you don't make the conversation all about is that police officer bad or are police officers as a class bad, but do we have a system that is actually yielding our objectives to have safer and more equal communities? And how do we have using the the resources that we can muster? How can we have the safest and most just communities we can have, that counsels for significant public safety transformation. And then once you first figure out the policy, don't figure out your tweet first. Don't figure out your headline first. Don't figure out your political power move first, those different things, but I mean that also. First, figure out what you want in the world and then figure out how you want to talk about that thing so you can build support to get it to happen. That is how change happens. It also can happen because there is great energy out in the world in the streets. But I wanted to say that piece. Uh, we got Jefferson. How much of the escalation of violence in Portland this weekend has to what happened in Portland last weekend when police did not intervene as Proud Boys and Patriot Pair came to provoke citizens? The message seemed to be the police were leaving it up to protesters to protect themselves. Heck yes. I think that the, uh, and, and this is part of the thing, this is the thing that we are, this is the, uh, 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 this is the sticky situation. I was trying to think of the viscous substance I wanted to use. Uh, the, and I think it's a trap. I think it is manipulated and promoted by bots on social media to help it happen to justify more violence. And so for people who missed it, you had you had people bring in weapons, a right-wing rally bring in weapons, and police did not intervene. We have seen that before. Somebody, we had the text in about Malheur County. If if white right-wing dudes bring in, right right-wing dudes bring guns very often, White law enforcement stands back. And maybe they stand back because they've been trained about Ruby Ridge, which is when much of the militia movement that grew up, grew up using heroes as uh, turning villains into heroes by saying, ah, look, look at the bad federal government who came in and invaded us with guns, and there ended up being a shootout. And so you have lots of law enforcement trying to avoid a shootout. And so when white protesters, I don't know if we can call them that, provocateurs bring guns, very often they get left alone. I think that the shooter in this case almost, who described himself as anti-fascist, the alleged shooter, almost certainly saw and said, well, I'm going to protect people this time. I am a veteran. I have a gun. I'm going to. I, if the police aren't going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, that doesn't justify his, con- his conduct, uh, that, that we've got to make sure this stuff is peaceful and agree with the folks that say let's make sure we put the focus where the focus needs to be on addressing the deep moral challenges of our country What maybe should have led the show is not that one person died in Portland, but that 180,000 people have died around the country because of this government's failure and this president's failure to address science and actually protect human life. And now is trying to make it merely a statistic, not one person. We have had now over 450 people die in Oregon from this disease and 180,000 confirmed, recorded, tested deaths nationwide. It is a moral tragedy and the greatest failure of presidential leadership in American history. Dad, it is time for the Laundry List. Laundry List!
1: And by the way, if anybody knows where the term Laundry List comes from, tweet it and let us know, because I don't know where it comes from. But first, international. International. German. Dad likes other
0: people to do his Google work for him, just to be clear.
1: <laughs> the... Uh, German doctors have concluded that the Russian opposition leader, Alex Novotny, was poisoned with a cholinesterase substance, which is, of course, the ingredient that is in nerve gas that kills people. The Prime Minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe, is resigning because of health reasons, and it's going to be really interesting to watch to see who replaces him, and, and I'm wondering who would really want to replace him when the, the problems that Japan is going to have to address? COVID cases in Europe are up, but deaths are down. In France, the masks are may, being made so mandatory that even if you're on a bike or a scooter, you're expected to have a mask on. In Belarus, the, they are succeeding, apparently, with keeping their protests peaceful, but with bigger and bigger crowds and I at some point I'm wondering if the military, all those soldiers who have to be going home at night and when they go home at night, are they not going home, maybe sometimes communicating with brothers or sisters or parents or friends who are saying, this guy's really got to go, well at what point might the military decide they are no longer going to support the president of Belarus National Laundry Loose laundry list. Tomorrow, Massachusetts primary. We're going to find out if Senator Ed Markey is able to survive the challenge of Joseph Kennedy III. I have to confess I'm rooting for Markey because he's been a really good progressive voice, and and from the positions that they've taken, strikes me as more progressive than Kennedy. Yeah, I just have to mention the Thursday night last night of the Republican National Convention, where DDT spent over 70 minutes addressing 1,500 people sitting in close quarters, not wearing masks. And what was most significant wasn't all of the... Well, he he pretty much stuck to his teleprompter. And I think the reason that they gave him a teleprompter speech that would, without... Clapping without applause probably have lasted about an hour in hopes that he wouldn't go off script very often. He didn't go off script, but there was never a mention in that speech, not a single mention of climate change, global warming. For that matter, there was virtually no mention of it in the entire four nights. I've already mentioned that Rudy had, had complimented him on his root at roof at roof work ethic. Sports leaders. I, I'm just so so pleased with the professional sports participants, the athletes, who are helping call attention to what we have been talking about this morning. And I'd like to give a raspberry to Deloy Hansen, the owner of the Salt Lake Major League, the real Salt Lake Major League soccer team, who moaned about his his athletes, Taking a day off to call attention to the cause, and his star said, "I want to be traded." Others are being have said to Hanson, "Sell, so you don't have to put up with it." The uh, and by the way, for report, people born
0: within the last 60 years, a raspberry is a bad thing. Oh, okay, go ahead.
1: There's reported that Rod Rosenstein told Mueller that he was not to investigate. DDT Russia Convention and didn't let the FBI know that that was happening. And Had he let the FBI know, the FBI would have gone ahead with it. The House Foreign Affairs Committee is looking at holding Pompeo in contempt for refusing to provide information that they have asked for. Go for it, folks. Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York, has gone to court to ask the court to force the DDT organization and Eric Trump to comply with seven subpoenas that they have been simply ignoring. And she's also going after the NRA and Wayne LaPierre because of the bad stuff that those folks do. She's a pistol. And then I, I want to mention Jerry Falwell. Maybe we should even dwell just a little bit with Jerry Falwell. who Jerry Falwell, the great religious leader of uh, The Christian far right, who whose wife, it turns out, had a uh, had a long running affair with Giancarlo Granda, who who Granda says was was performing so that Falwell could watch. You you actually, you just absolutely could not make this stuff up. And I'm wanting to see, is Tony Perkins going to say, as he said about when when uh, the uh, tape of DDT, of his talking about how he could treat women, came public, said we'll, we we have to give DDT a mulligan. I'm wondering if Tony Perkins is Tony going to Perkins? Say. T- Tony Perkins is, is another Far right. Oh, the
0: community. Family Research Council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Who uh, and he was the one who said, "Give DDT a mulligan." I'm wondering if he's going to say, "Well, we we got to give Jerry." A
0: mulligan. Here's the here's the relevance here, and what people do in their bedrooms ain't my business. Uh, it is it is my business. They try to wield political power uh, that, that does seem so hypocritical. But here's maybe the greater thing that that it was, uh, and and shout out to Sarah Kenzier here, uh, who has been making this point for a few years, that what's been happening right now in American government. Uh, that we can't lose sight of, uh, that is a is a culture of blackmail, and and there have been so many. That it is not, as I said probably two years ago, that being deeply involved in corruption is in this White House is not a is not a glitch. It is a feature. It is one of the things I believe that was looked for as a as a condition of uh, being uh, because then one could be trusted if there was compromise on somebody then they could be trusted to be able to be controlled and it, it is not a surprise get it, getting a religious leader to look at donald trump look at his life look at his views look at how he speaks look how he acts and say that dude is a christian you you have to literally have not read the bible or believed it to think that that one has anything to do with the other except for the opposite And in order to do that, there's got to be some motivation. Political power can be a motivation. Uh, Getting somebody who appoint the judges you want could be a uh, a motivation. Money can be a motivation and saying that all your, even your political, allowing you to have more political activity, that could be a motivation. All those things are true. Another thing that can be a motivation is blackmail, is in fact, if you are being leveraged. and I think that's one of the, when the story of this four years and hopefully not this eight years is told, that's a big part of the story. Dad, I found for you. I found, even without somebody texting it in. The 19th century saw more than 2,000 U.S. patents for washing machines filed. With the rise of laundry machines came the rise of commercial laundry services, which made it possible for people to benefit from that technology without making the financial investment in the machine itself. By the way, sewing machines and washing machines used to cost in the equivalent of ten thousands of dollars. Uh, in today's dollars. These newfangled businesses would take your mentionables and unmentionables, me- unmentionables and get them spanking clean again. When you took your laundry to a commercial laundry establishment, though, you had to make a record of what you'd sent. This ensured both that you got back what you'd sent and that you paid for what you washed. And that is where the laundry list comes in. By the 1860s, some enterprising souls had seen fit to create laundry lists that itemized all the varieties of potentially dirty articles with a place for the user to enter the tally for each item. These were a hit. This from the Pacific Commercial Advertiser in Honolulu in 1871. Mr. W. M. Wallace has got up a very neat and convenient card for laundry lists, which on examination will at once strike one as useful as well as novel. The different articles of clothing sent to the wash are by an ingenious arrangement numbered under each its separate head without the bother of writing or making figures these are separate lists for ladies gentlemen and families and every ordinary article of clothing that requires washing has its separate place from one place up to 12 we are confident that on trial it will be found to be an indispensable use in every household and a valuable source of economy
1: and remember, folks, you heard it on KXRY, and we should probably acknowledge, as we promise we do, that this was probably one of those unimportant things.
0: But it's a laundry <laughs> list. And the laundry list matters that allows you to get it out there. U.S. Marshal found thirty-nine missing children during a two-week operation in Georgia. Operation Not Forgotten, collaboration with U.S. Marshals and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, rescued twenty-six children, located thirteen. Here is Donald Washington, Director of the Marshal Services, making a statement at a press conference. If we have that clip, hopefully I didn't rush it too much. The Justice for Victims of Trafficking Act of two thousand and fifteen grant additional authority for U.S. Marshals to aid local and state law enforcement recovering missing children. Here's that clip. My agency is committed to this mission. Finding missing children uh, has to be among our highest priorities. Uh, my message to the missing children and their families is very simple. And that is the way we look at uh, fugitives. Uh, we will never stop looking for you. That's my message. Uh, Representative Steve Khalees, Republican from Louisiana, shared a manipulated video of a disabled activist on Twitter. Activist Eddie Barkin as ALS speaks through voice assistance, the manipulated media comes from a video of conversation between him and presidential nominee Joe Biden. In the original, Barkin says, do you agree we can redirect some of the funding? The manipulated version shows Barkin saying, do you agree we can redirect some of the funding for police? The original conversation was in the context of police funding. Lauren Fines, police spokesperson, said the video was condensed to get the essence of what Barkin was saying into a one-minute video. The video has now been removed at the request of Barkin. Uh, Dad, in just a minute, we're going to be talking to uh, Andy uh, Bernier. And, uh, and before we do that, I want to make sure there are any other items you want to make sure we cover?
1: Well, yeah, let me just... Cause, cause I have another laundry list.
0: All right, let's make it a Stay quick Hey, local,
1: I, I want I want to mention Bob Ferguson, who's the Attorney General of Washington, is really going after DDT, and then going after the Post Office leadership about the slowdown of the Post Office. He's he's got a suit filed in the Eastern Washington District Federal District Court. Judge Stanley Bastion and, and and Judge Stanley Bastion has given the Post Office ten days, which the ten days are going to run this week to produce the documents that Ferguson has asked for. That's something for us to keep an eye on. COVID in Oregon, Warm Springs in Ontario has, have had some, a couple of serious surges. And there's talk about the governor possibly reinstuting some more serious restrictions. Judge Simon, who entered an order telling federal law enforcement that they had to stop targeting journalists that order has been suspended by a two-to-one vote of a Ninth Circuit court and is now going to go to a full hearing. We'll have to see what is going to happen with that. The judge, Stefan Alexander, has told Metro that they've got to change the description of their transportation tax is going to be on the ballot to say that it is a tax on employers I don't know how significant that is! PGE lost over a hundred and four million bucks because they gambled on the on the market and lost. PGE has no business gambling on the market. Julie Parrish's anti-toll initiative doesn't have the signatures. She may try again, but it isn't going to be on the ballot. Uh, Loretta Smith, the who who you mentioned was in Washington last week, and has claimed that there were irregularities in in ballots, because there were a lot of ballots that had January 1st as birthday, saying that that's evidence that there's some chicanery. That doesn't appear to be going anywhere. Oregon state revenues down close to $3 billion, and Intel... Intel may be in a little trouble. The news on Intel last week resulted in a reduction in the value of Intel according to the market of $47 billion. That would get my attention if I woke up. If I were the CEO of a company and woke up one morning and discovered that my company was just $47 billion worth less than it had been the day before, that would catch my attention.
0: Well, Dad, let us take our break. I did want to say that SkyDrive, the Japanese company, has completed a four-minute manned test flight of a flying car. It's not quite the Jetsons yet, but we were supposed to have flying cars by 2020, and now SkyDrive may get us that flying car. And a shout-out to the National Basketball Association. That is a sports league for a sport. Well, people are aware of the NBA. has agreed to use their empty arenas as polling stations. After the fatal shooting of Jacob Blake by police in Kenosha, the Milwaukee Bucks postponed their playoffs games. Other teams followed suit. The organization. Yeah,
1: actually, I think. I think. I think the first. I think the first arena was was that Le, LeBron James convinced the Brooklyn Dodgers to make Chavez Ravine.
0: That's the first. That's the first one I heard about. And that. Yep, and and that a big shout at LeBron James, who's also funding, uh, putting a bunch of money in to. Uh, Voter protections and polling protections this year.
1: LeBron James is a pistol.
0: And and for people who were born in the last 40 years, pistol is a good thing. Okay, raspberry is a bad thing, police is a good thing. And this, we've completed the laundry list. Why don't we take a very quick break?
1: If if our guest is available, maybe I should get my straws. Yeah, go go ahead.
0: Go ahead. Do your straw in the wind, Pop.
1: Okay, straws in the wind, two of which. a straw. In the wind. first straw Powell's Bookstore is no longer going to use Amazon oh good for you Powell's Bookstore and United Airlines has announced and I'm hoping this turns out to be a straw in the wind that runs through the rest of the commercial airline or business they are no longer going to charge for changes or for standby same day change no fee if you if you have to change your ticket which is a very good thing
0: well Bob we did it one more time
1: we did it indeed and we will be back on Thursday I love you a lot
0: love you too Bob